7: Good playoff Monday morning. That's just a fact, Jack. The Eagles are going to the playoffs. Why or how, we're not 100% sure. We do you know for a fact they'll be playing next Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is Birds 365 with Mac, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Jay Mac. this is Birds 365 episode number 292.
8: 292? We got No, we got to be up in the 600s, right? No, Six- this,
7: this would be. Uh, we we we've got many 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 we've got many under our belt we got many more to yeah. go um this was about as ugly a eagles effort i i need to apologize i have to admit that i am woefully wrong i thought that last week against the arizona cardinals the eagles had hit rock bottom i think yesterday was worse it really wasn't competitive at least uh, uh, and in just comes down to the way you look at football is losing a close game late more painful or worse than being totally dominated by a team that was in the midst of a lousy season which is actually worse I, I think yesterday was worse than the loss at home to the Cardinals the week before how about you
8: yeah, I mean, yesterday's the worst they played all season. I mean, it was twenty-four nothing at halftime. They gave up at halftime. That's how bad it was. Um, and they should have, by the way. Um, and you didn't have the Jonathan Gannon knows us excuse. I guess you could throw out the the Giants as a division rival, um, but I didn't hear anybody say that. Yeah, they were just a mess, an abject mess uh, on both sides of the football. Um yeah, I think whenever this season is over, we're gonna we're gonna look at that move from Sean Desai and Matt Patricia, and that's gonna be sort of the 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 headline of this season. Such a panic move in hindsight, such a disaster. You know, per I I I for all the people that say it couldn't get worse. Yeah, it can get worse. That's what you said. Oh, it can't get worse than Jonathan Gannon. It got a hell of a lot worse. It can't get worse than Sean Desai, it got a hell of a lot worse. It can always get worse if you panic. Um, and that move, and Emmanuel Acho, I put it on my Twitter account, did a quick clip breakdown of just the miscommunication on defense. It, it In week 18, Jody, granted, a lot of moving parts, but now he's got what's changed be- between Sean Desai and Matt Patricia. Now he's got... Hassan Reddick doing things he's not comfortable doing. He's got Josh Sweat doing things he's not comfortable. So you have the miscommunication of the young players, which is kind of baked in. And then you're adding the veteran players because you're changing up things on the fly. Just an abject disaster. And I I always have a tough time getting to the offense because the defense is so bad, but the offense was every bit as bad. Jalen Hurts, maybe that's the worst he's ever played. Now, obviously it was a short span, but... Uh, His passer rating was 20 in the 20s. Um, You know, to compound it, he dislocated his middle finger on his throwing hand. Um, They have no blitz. They have no answers for the blitz. I mean, you're coming in. There there are two guys that you know are going to blitz, and that's Flores and Martindale. And Winks, one of them, and they play him twice a year. And you don't have any answers for something you know that's coming. No answers, zero, and and Flores,
7: as you say, does blitz, but he also doesn't blitz. He'll 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 uh, rush two yeah, and he'll drop, drop nine. Yeah, yeah. Wink wink is one direction, straight ahead. You know he's coming. You know he's bringing numbers. You know he's gonna blitz any opportunity he can. He's the easier to do. Trying to figure out an offense set up a game plan against Flores not easy because he he'll diverse on you. Not wink, wink comes straight ahead at you, and they yeah. didn't have answers for it,
8: and and they don't have answers, and they haven't had answers. And by the way, that goes back far past Brian Johnson for all the people that they didn't have answers last year for the blitz. They just overcame it. They don't. They don't. They don't have traditional blitz beaters, what we call, in, in, you know, in offenses, hot routes, things like that. They oh, don't they, do it.
7: They do. It's called the bubble screen, which doesn't work with this current iteration of the Eagles team.
8: They just, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, they, they bout talented people for a long stretch of time, and now that teams have kind of figured out what they're trying to do, um, and there's some injuries and guys missing and all that kind of stuff, and that's the only hope for the playoffs is getting guys back, um. Um, it's gotten ugly and, you know, Nick Sirianni, I asked him the question and got, you know, they kept saying belief. I said, well, why do you have belief? He lost five. And he's talking about flush in the game, flush in the month. Well, you only got one flush left because the next flush is the season. Um, you know. Slay's going to be back. AJ's going to play. DeMonte's going to be back. Swift's going to be back. Fletcher's going to be back. So they weren't playing a lot of guys. Don't get me wrong, but shouldn't be that bad. Um, and it was. It was right. it's that
7: bad. Before the game started, we, we debated here during the week, basically all week long, about how the Eagles would uh, handle their players and who would play and who wouldn't play. And we thought that maybe because of discretion, they would sit some guys. Discretion to trying to keep players healthy and not get a merit. Man, when A.J. went down, uh, I I could just hear my phones ringing on WIP. Why the hell was he on the field? Of course, you're going to get that. Um, They didn't pull players because of discretion. They pulled players because of the disgrace that was the first half against the New York Giants. You said last week you'd be doing scoreboard watching, and that would help you determine if not dictate, to determine how you would pull guys off the field. Oh, the only scoreboard they needed to watch was at MetLife Stadium, 24 to nothing, trailing the New York Giants. By the time Sirianni started pulling guys, the Cowboys had just gone ahead of the commanders. They actually hung in the game for the first quarter and a half before the Cowboys blew them out. Uh, The scoreboard of -of out-of-town games meant nothing. The only thing that mattered was what was happening in, in the game between the Giants and the Eagles. And they were just simply undressed. And that's scary as heck, Johnny Mac. Uh, Nick Sirianni can lean on belief all he wants. It's really tough for anybody to have any belief in this team at this time.
8: No, it is. And, uh, you know, they're trying to talk themselves into it. You get that kind of feeling. Now, you know, I I still think. Yeah, I still think. They're a better team than Tampa Bay. I still think that's a good matchup because, you know, but it has more to do with Tampa Bay than it does with Philadelphia. Uh, but then if you look long-term, I, I don't see any way they could beat um, San Francisco. So, um, you know, hopefully you, you, you're you able to go down to Tampa, get some confidence, and and you never know what happens in this league. But right now it doesn't look good. It does not look good, to say the least.
7: And we really want to, and we will uh, look at the matchup between the Eagles and the Bucks. They played earlier this year when the Eagles were looking like a team that had just gotten to the Super Bowl uh, ten months previous, and they handled Tampa quite easily in their house uh, back in week number three. Uh, the 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 Bucks are what they are, and they got off to a slow start. Then they won a bunch of games in a row. Then they stumbled in the middle of the season. They've been uh, kind of uh, a tough team to get a handle on all year, but they're a slightly better than average team and slightly better than average teams can make the playoffs when you're in a very weak division, like they were this year. Um, but I just can't come up with any reasons why I think the Eagles can get out of the morass that they're in. Um, I We've been waiting for it for, we are, I right, find San Francisco. They shut us up. I, uh, we can't beat thousand Dallas. Losing to Seattle on the road, losing last week at home to Arizona, and losing you can have a bad game. Johnny Mac, anybody can have a bad day. Yeah, you know, the ball doesn't bounce your way. You got a key injury, you come out a little bit flat. That can happen to anybody. Three games in the last four games, losing to inferior teams talent-wise just gives you no momentum. That was my cry all week leading into this game. They needed to build their mojo back. They needed to get momentum back. That's why I thought they should play their starters because it was more about the Eagles than what the Cowboys are doing or what the playoff standings were. They needed to establish for themselves, for their own confidence level, that they could return to somewhere near what they were last year. They fall flat on their face. And and I don't know what the magic elixir that they're going to drink this week that's going to turn things around. They'll say all the right things, they, uh, that word sticks and thought so you can throw whatever catchphrase you want out there. Can you buy anything that they attempt to verbally sell you this week as an Eagle reporter?
8: Uh No, not from the belief standpoint, you know, there's guys, uh, you know, Brian, DeGraham Graham was talking about the doubt. Josh sweats, like, uh, you know, basically he doesn't know what's going on. It's uh you know, from the player standpoint, you could sense some of the doubt that Nick, you know, put on a brave face and claimed he believes in everyone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 there's, there's no belief in that right now. And that's the word he used, ironically. Um, other than what I said, that's the only thing that you can hang your hat on. Um, you know, you meant, you know, one of the problems with, they lost Sidney Brown. It looks like it's going to be a torn ACL. Um and that was a med-life injury. He looked like he caught his ankle uh, covering a punt. Um, you know, Cam Jergens hurt his eye. Uh, uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts, I mentioned, uh, got poked in his eye, Cam. Uh, dislocated finger for Jalen Hurts. Um, Marie Blankenship hurt his groin. There were a, a couple of injuries on top of the disaster. Um you know, Landon Dickerson, for instance, had to play center because Cam was out because of the eye um, when they took Kelsey out. And then at one point, Landon went in the injury tent, banged something up, and Kelsey was getting ready to go back in because he would have had to because they didn't have anybody else to play center. Um, and ultimately, Landon was able to to get out of the tent and get back on the field. So it didn't it didn't happen. So... Tad insult to injury. They got uh, a bunch of guys banged up. Now the guys, AJ, I, I think is fine. He was greeting everybody as they came back to the locker room. It looks like he's going to be fine. Um, obviously, the guys they they were cautionary with Demonte um, Slay. Uh, um, you know, because he probably could have came back in a different situation this week. Uh, I expect them back next week. Um, and, you know, when when your biggest playmaker is Quez Watkins, that's a big difference between Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and everything being back to normal. And that's what Tampa Bay is going to get. So if you want to hang your hat on something, I would hang my hat on that.
3: On the fact that they did have
7: some guys hurt going into the game, some guys hurt during the game, uh, other than uh, Brown uh, being – Sidney Brown being done for the year. and. It
8: wasn't official, right? They didn't officially announce it, but everybody. No, but I saw. him. Yeah, here. I mean, he had a huge brace. He's definitely, you know, he's definitely not coming back this week. Right. I mean, the best case scenarios, it's not as bad as Beard, but they usually don't screw up those early ACL indications. Pretty easy test to uh, see what's going on there. They they right now are in a really
7: bad place, a really bad spot. And Nick Sariani will say all the right things, and Brandon Graham will say all the right things during the week because he is Mister Positivity, and he will try and come up with. I, I, I'm just I'm struggling here, guys. I I don't know what. Uh, John just did a good job to try and tell me, you, and everybody else. Hey, look at all the injuries, and the, most of these guys will be able to play. Yeah, so uh, I'm <laughs> I'm just <laughs>
8: well, that's fair. That's fair. I,
7: I am not in a place where I think the Philadelphia Eagles can turn on the spigot or flip the light switch, uh, use whatever phrase you need to describe, just immediately changing something. Change happens over time. And unfortunately, change has been bad for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. But one that you mentioned earlier, when I get your take on this, uh, Jeff Carr is going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. Will it come out? I know it's not going to come out at this time, and we have to see what happens with the Eagles coaching staff when the season is over and done with, and it could change from top to bottom. And when I say top, I include the head coach, uh, Nick Sirianni. Will we ever get the the, the true background story as to why Matt Patricia is calling the place for this Philadelphia Eagle team? Yeah, I
8: I think we will, and I think we will, to be honest, when... uh... I think both of them will be gone, but certainly when shot Sean's going to be gone. And I, I think ultimately we'll get the real story. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's going to be a good one because I think it was panic driven. And, uh, you know, when you're and, and people can look at it now and see how the Eagles are leaking oil. But I mean, they they started thinking about making a change when they were eight and one. That makes no sense. None. Zero, um, and for all the people who said it couldn't get worse, you're living it. It's gotten exponentially worse. Um, now you got where well, you had communication issues with young players. Now you're having communication issue with veteran players uh, because they're changing things on the fly by the seat of their pants. Um, it's gotten much worse. Um, young coaches. Um, need time to grow in their positions, and that's what Sean was, and they didn't give him that opportunity. Now, you know, maybe they had no belief in him to begin with. In fact, that that's the clear indication to me. They had no belief in him from the moment he stepped in the building. That's That's my feeling. How, how do you level. hire a guy like that? How do you give him the job if you've got no bullets? well? They'll tell you because they were screwed over by the tampering and it was so late and nobody else was available, which is absolute bullshit because yep. you can call every, every every coaching staff around the NFL, every position coach, you can if, if you offer them a coordinator spot, even if they're under contract, they can leave. You cannot block. Those, those you used to be able to block them, but you can't do it anymore. So that's bullshit. And that was their decision, and they regretted it, and they reversed course, and it's gotten even worse.
7: All right. What I meant by when we get the real story, was it all Sirianni's call? Was he the guy who at 8-1 said, yeah, you know, we meaning him because it was, he was the driving force in the selection of the defensive coordinator, made a mistake. This guy's just not up to the job. Was that him, and did he have to sell it to Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie or Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman whispering in his ear going, yeah, we kind of gave you the call on the defensive coordinator, and this design guy is terrible. He's just not getting the job done. That's the question I want to just for my own edification to find out. How the decision making process well, went well,
8: I've said pretty consistently, and I know we got, I'll just say real quick. So, I've said I, I do believe Nick, and it was his decision for two reasons uh, one, how we found him um, originally, and while yes, uh, Nick approved the hiring and hired him, how we found him, um, number two, he's still in the organization, um, you know. I think if it came from up top, he would have been fired. He would have been gone. And Nick wanted to keep him around because I don't know, out of some disjointed loyalty or whatever. Um, so for those two reasons, I do believe Nick. Um, and it was his decision. Now, he's got to run it by people. It's not like he can just walk into the office and say, I'm making this change. He's got to run it by Howie and Jeffrey. And they certainly approved of it. But those are the two reasons why I believe uh, Nick uh, was at the center of it. Because I think, the that,
7: I think that will factor into, uh, and Jeff Kershka joins in just a second here, I promise. Um, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, what was the percentage chance that Nick Sirianni could be fired after this season? Zero. Zero. That's where I was at. After last week's collapse against the Cardinals, I said, John, I got to admit to you, I'm like up to five, between five and 10%. Didn't think I was going to get here, but I am. Still think Sirianni's going to be the head coach next year. But after yesterday's loss, I'm north to 25% heading to 50. And if they lose to Tampa next week, if they go down there and play the same lousy game that they played the last two weeks against the Cardinals, and there is no change I could get north of 50%, which means he could absolutely be fired. So. By
8: the way, Black Monday has started. It started last night. Arthur Smith out in Atlanta. Ron Rivera officially out in Washington. Scott Fitter, the Panthers GM, has been fired. Uh, the, the Giants, think about Red this. The Panthers GM just, got fired? Yeah. The Giants uh, fired. Uh, Bobby Johnson, their offensive line coach, understandably so. And Thomas uh, McGehee, their special teams coordinator, after their greatest performance in years. <laughs> Poor guys. But, you know, obviously it's long. That's what term. Black Monday is all about.
7: All right. Uh, McDonald and McMullen, Mac and Mac Birds 365. Our buddy, Mon- Mr. Monday Morning, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports, was in the press box with John yesterday watching the annihilation of the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see what he has to say next here on Birds 365.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a,
6: a good play calling along the way. First goal, that's a six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions
4: on three. One, two, three. Because
6: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
5: dog fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick game you pick between two to five players select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats then do what you usually do on a sunday watch the games you can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five it's a fantasy game
7: Not a very happy morning after what the Eagles have done these last couple of weeks. Jeff Carr laughs. You got a good attitude, Jeff Carr. I'm pretty down in the dumps and and finding it difficult to laugh. But you should laugh in the face of adversity.
9: Good for you, Jeff Carr. Flush
8: it, flush it, Jeff. Flush it. Yeah,
9: we flushed it. Uh, they're 0 0. John, didn't you know that?
8: 0 mm. and 0. You only o got one o. flush left. The next one, everything goes down. <laughs> Very difficult to
7: believe uh when the Eagles were trying to put forth that narrative yesterday. You believe anybody? It was w- was there any one individual who said any one individual thing that you go, all right, maybe just maybe they can hang their hat on that, or did you just listen to it and hear the teacher from Charlie Brown going wah 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 wah?
9: Well, I was with Brandon Graham for six minutes yesterday. I believe him because okay. Brandon. Brandon Graham has earned the benefit of the doubt. And I really do think the defense is trying to get things right. They just don't have the personnel. They don't have the talent. And Matt Patricia is going to be out of there after next week or two weeks or whatever it's going to be. Sean Desai is going to be out of there. I just think they're, they're they're trying to do the most they can. I just think this offense, though, they, they look lost. Uh, they can't pick up a blitz. I don't think their offensive linemen have an answer. And look, I know they didn't have A.J. Brown for a lot of this game yesterday, and Devonta Smith wasn't there, but this has been a recurring thing for five weeks. And I just said this on a radio spot just 20 minutes ago. It feels like they heard all the talk when they were 10-1 and about how they weren't any good. And it just snowballed when they actually were losing games, and now they just can't get out of it.
8: Yeah, it's funny because I can't look past the defense to get to the offense. There's plenty of issues with the offense. By no means am I trying to give them uh, an excuse. Jalen Hurts looked terrible yesterday. There's no plan for the blitz, and it's Wink Martindale. It's not like somebody surprised you coming out that, oh, we're going to get pressure today. So that, that is disturbing to me. But, boy, I can't get past the defense. From play number one. Jeff play number one of the game. They're playing cover two. Uh, So they have Hassan Reddick dropping in the coverage like a cover two linebacker. So, A, that's not the greatest plan in the world. And not shockingly, as Tyrod Taylor sort of starts to escape the pocket, instead of staying with his responsibility, Hassan, natural instinct, go get the quarterback and wide open receiver right behind him for a big game. Um, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you change your defensive coordinator after 13 games. I mean, this is the dumbest decision in the history of the world. I might, there might be a little bit hyperbole there, but this is the dumbest decision in the history of the world. Okay. If you think the guy stinks, you do it earlier. And I'm talking about Sean DeSai. you don't do it after 13 games. And you certainly don't do it after you played Buffalo, which everybody struggles with, and San Francisco and Dallas at home, which was scoring 40 points a game at the time. And all of a sudden, they lose three games to teams they shouldn't lose to, as Jody pointed out. If they win those three games, Jeff, Seattle, Arizona, the New York Giants, you're supposed to win those three games. Seattle's pretty good, but... They had a backup quarterback. They're not a terrible team, but you get the point. The other two are terrible. Um, I think everybody's fine. Doesn't doesn't mean anything, but the record looks good. I think everybody's fired up for the playoffs. You have the number two seed. Uh, everything's fine. That move is a freaking disaster. It really I went,
9: is. I want to add on to this. The domino effect of What happened. The 49ers would have had the play yesterday oh yeah, yeah. Oh,
4: they yeah. would have
9: had to play because the eagles would have had the i oh, think yeah. the same record if, if we're going by this and yeah, when the 49ers end up 13 and 4 so yeah well yeah. that
8: that would have shifted their mentality i i do believe they they would have played they would have still had the number one seed well, but oh yeah it's pretty good
9: but but look um, because the eagles had to play yesterday aj brad don't get hurt jalen hurts don't dislocate his fingers so everything just kind of adds up
8: yeah yeah well, well let me down, ask you about that yeah. yeah.
7: Jeff, let me ask you about the quarterback. Um, And, yes, he's got a hurt finger, and I give him credit for at least gutting it out and trying to go back in and play, and then they uh, unquestionably were going to get him out of there ASAP. He was lousy before he hurt his finger. And he hasn't been very good for, like, not, not weeks, months. This is the guy they made a $250 million commitment to and I know how great he was last year, and I've been on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon since draft night. I got concerns about the quarterback going forward. Everybody's going to worry about it. Nick Sirianni should be fired. The entire coaching staff. Go- they they've linked themselves to a quarterback who had as big a regression from year to year as I've seen in a while. Jeff, when was the last time you had an MVP runner-up go from that high heights? to below the middle of the pack. That's where Jalen Hurts is this year. He's below the middle of the pack and quarterback playing the National Football League. How much attention should we be paying to the quarterback and what kind of an effect he's going to have on the future of this organization?
9: I don't think Brian Johnson should be responsible for Jalen Hurts anymore, if you want my honest opinion. I, I, I've had enough. Brian um,
7: Johnson is dragging Jalen Hurts down. I right? don't,
9: like, I, I always see this in or my by. life, in, in my or. life. I don't need my buddy when I'm struggling telling me, oh, you're doing a good job. You're doing this. You're doing that. I don't know if Brian Johnson's telling him that, but it seems like Jalen Hurts needs his buddy, his complying around to kind of help him get through some things. And look, it, I could be spitballing here, but it's just not good for him. I think he needs tough coaching right now. And I don't know who that can be. Shane Steichen probably was that guy. I mean, and you still have Brian Johnson around, but... Now Brian Johnson is the guy, the guy called plays, the guy responsible for this guy throwing. By the way, do you guys know that Jalen Hurts has the same exact numbers Dak Prescott had last year in terms of touchdowns and interceptions? And we ripped Dak Prescott to no end.
8: I, I pointed out Dak would regress back to the mean pretty consistently. I said Dak had a history of of not turning the football over, and he's probably going to go back to not turning the football over. And he did. And I feel the same way about Jalen Hurts because he's been very ball security conscious for most of his career. Not as long as the stretch is Dak, but still pretty consistent, not turning the football over. I do think he'll bounce back next season. But I think the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts ain't the same guy as Carson Wentz.
9: No, he's he not. He does
8: not, bo- it does not bother him. I think that the relationship between Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts, Everybody brings up Press Taylor and best friends. They're not best friends. Guess what? Brian Johnson knew him when he was four, met him when he was four years old. Well, guess what? When you're uh, playing for, you're, you're not hanging out with a four year old kid. When he recruited him twice, he didn't get him. It's not like they've been thick as thieves. I think it's so overblown. I, I, I think Jalen Hurts is not Carson Wentz. He's not looking for people. That say, "Oh, you're great." In fact, I think he's looking for the opposite, which people have said pretty consistently. Nick Sirianni said, "Nick Sirianni yells him, yells at him, pretty consistently over the years." How many other quarterbacks get yelled at? Because he's got that coach's son's mentality. I think because Philadelphia went through it with Carson Wentz, they think it's happening again. It ain't happening. He does not – he is not Carson Wentz. He's not – he's tougher mentally. He doesn't care if people yell at him. They're not best friends. They're struggling, but I don't think that's the reason. That's I, the
9: I, ju- I just don't think Brian Johnson should be here anymore. And there's too much connections to the guy. I mean, personally. that, that That's just how I feel about it. I Look, I'm just looking at it from a number standpoint. You went from – like Joe said, you went from a guy who was runner-up in MVP last year to a guy who – is below average right now, and is it all his fault? No, I mean the play calling has a lot to do with it. The lack of adjustments, the pass protection, receivers hurt. There's a lot going involved here, but this is one of the top five paid quarterbacks in the league. It's he's not a rookie deal anymore. I, and I agree with you, John. I, I think he is going to regress back. I shouldn't even say regress back. Uh, progress
4: to right.
9: yeah, yeah, to to where he was last year, because he doesn't turn the football over much. This is an anomaly for anybody, but it's just frustrating to see a guy this good play this bad.
7: It's it's, it's a little scary from my my, uh, viewpoint that he, he, I know Nick Sirianni keeps saying he likes to be coached hard, but that's just Nick Sirianni. He's his coach. I'd really like to hear it from somebody else other than his coach that hey, I know this guy, one of his teammates, to come out and say, yeah, you know, the coach is rough on Nick and he eats it up, and that 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 really motivates. Me. I the only guy I've heard it from is Sirianni, so I'm not just going to blindly accept that Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy who can be coached hard. I don't know that well, he's you've heard it. You've heard it.
8: Year. You've heard it from Shane in the past. You've heard it from Brian. You've heard it from Alex Tanney. You've heard it from AJ Brown, who has difficult conversations with him as the Diva receiver. I think you've heard it from more than Nick Sirianni. And I think you've seen it again. When, it, when I see a, a quarterback getting yelled at by a head coach, that ain't that ain't that don't happen a lot in the NFL McCarthy does not yell at Dak Prescott.
9: I'll tell you that. Right
8: nobody, now. nobody yells at their quarterback. Um, especially a, a proven guy. I should say, you know, sometimes there's some young guys that have been so many quarterbacks playing this year because of all the injuries. I think you've heard it from far more people than Nick Sirianni. Um, I think you've heard it from Jalen himself. Now that might not be that meaningful. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't have any questions about his ability or his. I I should say I don't have any questions about him stopping the the mindset of he wants to be coached easily. He he doesn't want to be challenged. I don't see that with Jalen Hurts. I see plenty of issues with Jalen Hurts, but that's not one of them. Um, and I think. That's one of the advantages when you start talking about – because people make the natu- natural comp, and it's because they're in Philadelphia. I get why they do it. He's not Carson Wentz. He just isn't.
9: No, he's not Car- – but but I, I want to point this to you, John, or uh, maybe this is just me spitballing here. Do you feel like the front office is trying to avoid the mistakes they made with Carson, with Jalen now?
8: You know, the best – Example: Somebody gave me the entitlement equation, and they brought up Joel, Joel and Bead with the Sixers. Um, in that, um, are they are they pampering him that way a little bit too much now that he's the two hundred fifty million dollar guy? Even that, I don't believe. I could buy that a little bit more. Um, I don't necessarily believe it. Um, but I—I I mean, clearly there's something wrong. I, I'm not trying to say that. Clearly, he's regressed from last season. Maybe it's just a natural regression, because last season he had such a phenomenal season. Talked about it all the time. I talked about what what all the defensive players. How many how many players had career years on the Philadelphia Eagles last season?
9: Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> a That's right, generally.
8: That generally doesn't, you don't usually, some people do, but most people don't usually follow up a career year with another career year. Um, It usually regresses back to the mean. That's what you have to be concerned about. Is this the real Jalen Hurts as a player? Um, And was last season the outlier? That's what I would be concerned. We, we
9: had this question uh, with Josh Allen in 2021, and he came back to not 2020 level, but he was pretty damn good in 2022. In 2023, he was uh, really damn good. I mean, as you saw last night against the Dolphins. So I think that's what you got to hope for. Like Jalen Hurts, he's maybe he'll never get to the 2020 level again, but he's or the 2020. Level, but I don't think he's gonna
4: be anywhere. And, and near by that. the way,
8: guys, I'm still of the belief even this season, he was. I know you said he's below, he might be below the average statistically, but I still think he's a top 10 quarterback in this league this season. He's oh. probably 10, or he's probably right there though, which ain't good enough, as, um, as judged by how film and that kind of stuff. Um, let's see, I'll, I'll look where PF had him coming in. Um, and they the the grades aren't updated from yesterday, which he was a disaster. So that'll hurt him. But he didn't play that much, um, and they had him, um, oof, they had him sixth coming into the game. Sixth? sixth. Yeah, I'm
7: I'm disagreeing with that. Only hey, Josh,
8: Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Tua, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, six.
9: Well, I'd have all those five ahead of him right now. Um... There were a lot of guys hurt this year, too, like Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins.
8: Cousins Cousins, Cousins is seven because he played enough. Stafford was eight, Herbert nine, Mahomes 10, uh, Jared Goff 11, C.J. Stroud 12.
7: On on what planet was Jalen Hurts a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes this year? Uh,
9: I think C.J. Stroud was a better quarterback
7: than Jalen Hurts this year. Agreed. No questions asked about that one.
8: Yeah, yeah, well, part of it is again. We're not talking about six games. We're talking about seventeen games. Um, you know, well, at one well, point, which there, quarterback
7: are you referring to with six games?
8: Jalen. He lost five of six. But uh, I'm saying, um, oh, okay, and everybody has that. You know, everybody has that in the forefront of their mind. They were ten and one,
9: and, he and he, and he and he was a top. I, I think if after 10 and one, I think we all could have sat here and said Jalen Hurts was easily top.
8: At one point he was the leader on the MVP, but I think people forget that at one point he was the leader and obviously think you know
9: where I, I elevate hurts. I actually think he's one of the guys that can carry a football team. I think you saw that through the first 11 games of the year, they probably were not a 10 and one team and he elevated them to be in the 10 and one team. They probably were never that good. And he he regressed a bit, and the team did. So,
8: if you I, take the if you take the last six games, yeah, he's been well below average. But again, it's an entire season. Yeah. It's a so, seventeen so maybe, game. Yeah, I I
7: got him in the middle of the pack as per seventeen, not just these last six. Uh, these six have dragged him down enough to get him into the middle of the pack. That's just my rating. I, I,
9: I'm with John. I, I think I'd have him like ten, maybe eleven, maybe nine. Yeah. They have
8: him more. higher than I would have him, but I'd have him right in that ten. 11 yeah somewhere when, in that when you drop
7: from 2 to 10 or 11 that's pretty damn significant uh, no yeah. i
8: agree Ma- maybe I he's agree. not
7: maybe he's not 17th and that's 11. what i
8: said the the bigger problem is maybe that's where he's going to settle 10 11.
9: It's, which isn't 10. good enough i agree john yeah
8: when yeah. when you're being paid top of the market
7: money that's an issue that howie roseman's gonna have to deal with and no one this year has convinced me otherwise I'm going to make a statement here, and I can honestly look everybody in the streaming eye and say, I don't know this, but I believe this. We've talked so much about belief today. Where do you come up with your belief? I believe there were conversations had between Jalen Hurts, his agent, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and Brian Johnson during this offseason alerting Jalen to the fact that he's now a $250 million quarterback. And he might not be able to run with reckless abandon like he did last year, which is part of a big part of what made him the number two quarterback in the entire national football league. That discretion is the better part of (laughs) valor that we can't afford to lose you for a long period of time during the year. I don't know if it was the conversation was started by the Eagles front office, by the Eagle coaching staff, by Jalen's agent saying, listen, we're now going to be a different guy. You know, you're signing a slightly different quarter. You're not going to be run. Or Jalen himself who said, yeah, I, you know, I got to be out there for my guy. I can't put myself at risk. I believe that conversation was had. How often, on how many levels, who was the person who started the conversation? I don't know any of that. But I do believe it was has happened because Jalen Hurts is just not the same guy. He's not. And and I think that it's kind of a domino effect with his ability to run and make plays with his legs. He's just not doing it. I think it came in as an agreement with everybody involved. I don't think it was fear. I don't think it was him being greedy and and oh, I got to protect my... I think it was a group decision that we're going to use Jalen differently going forward. And I think that decision has failed miserably.
8: Well, I've heard that, and I believe it to a certain degree. Um, yep. I know I know from Jalen, from a personal perspective, it was very important for him to play all 17 games, which he managed to accomplish. Um, and the thought process was, and then in the playoffs, all right, we're going to play. We're going to play. You're going to play like he normally plays last year. So if that happens, maybe that's something to hang your hat on. Maybe if he's trying to get through while se- well, the season's over, now it's winter go home, and now it's, all right, maybe it's back to what it was.
4: And, th- maybe and think about this,
8: positive. John.
9: The last two years, had the ankle injury in the playoffs, and he had the shoulder injury going into the playoffs. And it did affect him a little bit early in the playoffs, but the Eagles were good enough they were going to get by it. Um, this year, it looked like he was going to be – healthy-ish going into the playoffs, a lot healthier than he was the last two years. And then the finger injury happened in Week 18. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think the key was let's have our $55 million quarterback, or 50, well, I forgot how much he makes now, um, our $50 million quarterback healthy going into the postseason, and we'll take our chances. And, you know, yeah, uh, running Jalen, aggressive Jalen, no prisoners Jalen. I, I think this team is as dangerous as any, but now we got to worry about whether. and I think he's going to play, but I think we got to worry about how's the finger. Uh, how's that going to be AJ Brown? How's the knee going to be? It's again, all, all kind Devante,
8: of how's the ankle going to be. Yeah.
9: yeah. Uh, domino effect. It, it, it's kind of crazy. Like last year, they had the luxury of losing to the Cowboys and losing to the saints. And they're just like, okay, whatever. It's they're going to be the number one seed. They're going to win the division.
4: Yeah.
8: By the way, 19 consecutive years, NFC East. No uh back to back champions. Hey,
9: isn't that crazy?
8: It is crazy.
9: By yeah. the way, Robert Verris well,
7: we, we got an Eagle yeah. goal for next year. I know we're looking many, many, many moves down the road.
9: Win that division, Eagles keep the Cowboys yeah. from being the team that uh, wins. Uh, I mean, Eagles probably will, Eagles probably will win the division next year based on the history.
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's crazy. Um, but you know. Me, I got to go back to the defense. I mean, what what is what are they trying to accomplish? I about, want somebody to explain. How, how it
9: about Nolan Smith in coverage against Saquon Barkley yesterday? Wasn't that a sight to behold?
8: I I mean, sometimes you you get caught. I'm I'm okay. I'm not one of those people that say you can never drop Hassan Reddick in coverage. I think that's silly. I always use the baseball analogy. Nolan Ryan didn't just throw fastballs; you got to throw a curveball. I have no problem with that. Um, when you're doing it too much, it starts, you know, to be a problem. Um, you mentioned Nolan Smith on on Saquon Barkley. Um, I mentioned Hassan and Cover Two. Um, why? Why? <laughs> What what is going on? John,
9: what is going on, John? I, I I kid you not. So during the game yesterday, as soon right after that, Donald Smith Barkley had that forty-six yard catch. There were a couple uh, former NFL players and a couple current college players text me and go, "What are they doing over there?" And I'm like, "I'm assuming you mean Smithball Barkley." And they're like, "Yes." Like, how can you put this kid in a position to succeed covering? Saquon Barkley. And I'm like, I don't have an answer for it. I don't. And it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what Matt Patricia's doing. Like, I always believed to get the most success out of the talent you have around you, you put them in the best position to succeed. Asan Redick rushes the passer. Uh, Nolan Smith rushes the passer. Um, You know, James... Josh um, Sweat, yeah, Josh,
8: Josh Sweat, Emmanuel Ocho uh, uh, at Emmanuel Ocho, uh, uh, you know, former Eagles linebacker, <laughs> does a good job breaking down film. He he puts something up pretty quickly. He's
9: more uh, than a hot take artist, by the way. I yeah, no, oh, no, he's he's
8: very he's very good with with film, um, and he breaks down three specific plays where I'm like, it, the, the words he used were atrocious, awful, and gross. Um,
9: Gross,
8: definitely. Um, I I don't, and this is from a player's perspective who played linebacker. I mean, cover two, you know, were your responsibilities. So I brought up Reddick, you know, kind of in his mind. He's a, obviously a pass rusher, so he he loses discipline, and you have a big play. Josh Sweat, same thing. He loses discipline. Simple route a combination by the Giants. He was supposed to keep the inside guy. He goes to the outside guy because he's not used to being coverage. It's all communication issues. All communication issues. And they made it worse by what they did.
9: And that's what the players were talking about when Sean Desai was there. We got to fix the communication. Multiple guys said that on in yeah. that second. By the way, John, is Tristan McCollum the guy next week?
8: no, i I think, and we'll have to see. Obviously, they have an extra day. It's Monday night, which we haven't mentioned. Uh, so another Monday night game, Eagles Buccaneers in 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 Tampa Bay. So they have an extra day. i I do think Reed will be back. i I think that was more precautionary than anything else. Um, so I think it'll be Reed Blankenship and and um Kevin Bayard, but Remember, they started defensively with the three-safety look. And Sidney Brown was getting better and better and better, and now he's gone. So you that's off the table because you don't have any depth in, unless you want to go to Tristan McCollum or Makai Gardner or somebody of that nature, um, which they don't want to do. So that part of it's off. And now you're going to have to rely on more like two linebacker sets, and you don't have good linebackers. And you don't have depth at linebacker. Your your corners hopefully are better because Slay's back, and you don't have to play Ringo and Ricks as much. But Bradbury's having a bad season. The only thing helping you out next week is at Tampa Bay, and they're throwing for 113 yards against Carolina, the worst. And they have the
9: football. worst run, running offense in the NFL, which means yeah. that they'll run for 150 against this team.
4: Yeah.
7: And so. oh, by the way, John, I. I I didn't see better play when they were in the three safety look. They, you're right; their linebackers stink. They stink on ice. You saw better I, play from Sidney Brown, though. Sidney Brown was,
8: I think, he was getting better. But I'm not going to overstate it. He wasn't great. He was making yeah. mistakes. But I think it. I think he was adding something to. But this. he
9: was a player you could hang your hat on and say, "Look, this guy is improving." Kaylee Ringo was the same way. Eli Rich is yeah, the same way.
8: Exactly. Um, for me it was Brown and, and, and Ringo and they brought a little physicality and athleticism and, and Bricks is very good in coverage, but I had some problems in run support. It's really bad in run support. Um, but it, it, at least it gave a little bit of juice and, and at least a little bit of optimism because I think they really, really lack athleticism on the back end. Um, and and to put Brown and Ringo in there, you kind of see it because those guys are so athletic. Um, but they were making a lot of mistakes. I'm not going to say, say they the weren't. The
7: improvement for me is slight. Do you do it? Yeah, because you got to try and put the best team out there. And I'd rather have the more athletic guys and certainly the younger guys. Because guess what, folks? Eagles probably going to get beat. I'm not declaring a loss next week yet because Tampa is a marginal playoff team at best. But the week after, if they find a way how to win it, I just there's no way I'm going to pick them to beat the Lions and the Covers or anybody else.
9: If Tampa didn't lose to the Saints, which, by the way, Dennis Allen should not be a head coach today, but he probably will be. Um, And if they didn't play like absolute garbage. They, the
8: Saints destroyed the uh, poor Arthur Smith. Got him. Uh, by the way. I running kinda, up the score, too.
9: I love how Dennis Allen's players de- defied him and decide to give Jamal Williams that touchdown and victory formation. That's wow. the Dennis Allen I know. Classless. Um, but, but anyway, uh, besides that, but if Tampa Bay didn't play so bad against Carolina, and if they didn't lose to the Saints, I'd say they kill the Eagles. But this is probably the ideal opponent for the Eagles at this
7: right. point. Um, so I'm not just uh, discounting. But at some point, the Eagles are going to lose this year. I believe that. And it could be exactly one week from today. And then we got to turn the page. You got to look forward for the future. And yeah, I want to see Brown and Ringo out there rather than uh, either Shaq Leonard and or uh, any other linebackers. They thought they had that all of the well. Let me turn into a question. Either Jeff, you or John of the linebackers on the Philadelphia Eagles roster right now, how many will be with the team next year? Ben
8: Van Sumer, on one. Uh, yeah, Ben. Uh, that's about it. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, Ben Van Sumer One. one
7: yeah. one. Now, yeah. at least Brown and Ricks and Ringo are going to be here in 2024. So, well, yeah, I be that's, here, that's, that's what your saying, job yeah, is yeah, as a coach is to prepare yeah. guys not only win in the moment but have a half an eye on the future. I just didn't see that much difference. They, they, they've been just tremendously awful on defense. No matter who they put out there over the last month, so uh, if you want to hang your hat on, hey, at least they're young. Okay, I'm with you on that. Uh, at least they were better. Not really. They stink. They. They. I guess there's levels of stink, but the defense is stunk. With well, I saw the field I field. saw
8: some signs of potential improvement where I don't see that. That's probably a better way to phrase it. I think there was some potential improvement there.
7: Potential being a key word.
8: Yes. Yes. Um,
4: It's kind
9: of like the what we saw in Milton Williams a couple years ago. Like you saw the potential for him to be an impact player on this team. Yeah, that's how I feel.
8: By the way, how about how about you know Keegan Michael Key, the comedian, does that uh, NFL script writing thing? If you guys have seen it, where they get uh, script. How about all the things that happened? You know, Matthew Stafford's going back to Detroit and. You know the packers are playing the cowboys and mike mccarthy and uh houston and cleveland with deshaun watson and all that stuff he's not playing but there's a
9: yeah there's a lot of connections in yeah a lot, lot of, of connections
8: games. the nfl script writers got it right uh, oh by
9: the way, jason dolphins are playing again too That's, yeah uh, chief
8: tyree kill come back yeah that was yeah. one of them as well um,
9: um yeah. also you know what i honestly feel is going to happen with the eagles come, coming up so I, I'm i really weird with watching old NFL games, old NFL teams, because I'm fascinated with some of these teams. And the 99 Dolphins always fascinated me because that team was not good. And Dan Marino was god-awful his last year. Dan Marino won one road playoff game in his career. He was 38, could barely throw a football, and beat the Seahawks in the kingdom. And then lost-
8: kingdom! We were talking about that. Yeah,
9: we were talking about this yesterday. And then what did they do the next week? They lose 62-7 to Jacksonville, the largest. Oh, well,
7: I remember that game.
9: Yeah. you Remember, remember they were down 38 nothing before Dan Marino completed a pass in his final game. That's, that's what they, I get.
8: That's what I get a feeling about the Eagles, not to that degree, but I get a feeling like the Eagles are going to out-talent Tampa, and then, and then they're just going to get their yeah. heads handed to them. And, that's,
4: and, that's,
9: and pick your poison. Is it the 49ers or the Cowboys?
8: Yeah. that That's kind of my feeling of how it ends for this team, but, and I'll leave it there at Jeff Kerr CBS. Make sure you follow Jeff on X Twitter, uh, read him at CBS sports Nick to fired. Um, it would have been laughable to consider this, uh, weeks ago. Now the, the groundswell is building. I'm still in the camp where he's not getting fired. Um, but, boy, people are really pushing that. <laughs> you,
9: you, you know what, though, John? If they lose next week, you got to at least have the conversation about it. Uh, do you? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he's getting oh, fired yeah. here. Like, I
8: do. like, Like Jody brings up a good point where he tells me he asks his callers, well, yeah, you can fire anybody. Who's who's who coming you, back? Who are you replacing with? And I, I just said it with the coordinators. You thought it couldn't get worse with Gannon, which was absurd, and it got much worse. You thought it couldn't get worse than Sean Desai, and it's gotten worse. I mean, does anybody learn from mistakes? Now, owners tend to be more emotional. Jeffrey Lurie, from a logical standpoint, I'll say this. There's no way Nick Sirianni's getting fired, and I'm going to have to argue this with Les Bowen. He's going to come on at 920. There's no way you should fire this guy. Does that mean they can't fire him? No. Of course, Jeffrey Lewis, he won a damn Super Bowl and fired a guy in three years.
9: Do you think, though, they go this approach? Okay, Nick, you keep your job. We're picking the coordinators
8: this time. No, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, that that's
9: what I think going to happen. And
8: that, that's, what, that's what
7: John said all last week, yeah. and I couldn't agree with him more. There's the point to where Sirianni could, should be fired. And then there's the behind-closed-doors conversation about the redoing of the staff, That's what happened to Doug Peterson. That's how he got his walking papers. They wanted to completely gut his staff. He wanted to elevate guys. They couldn't get on the same page. Jeff said, listen, if you're going to put your foot down about this, uh, Doug, we can make a real big decision here. And they did, and they fired him. That could get Nick Sirianni fired. I think John's got the exact right read on that. The biggest determining factor could be how they're going to handle the coaching staff going forward.
9: John, I want to present something to you. I don't think he's going to get fired, but I, I've had him on my list of guys getting fired. Matt Eberflus, if he got fired, would you take him as the defensive coordinator for this football team?
8: Oh yeah, defensive coordinator, yeah. And and and, and by the way, you know you're going to see offensive coordinators as well, and people are going to want these. And
9: Ron, Ron Rivera you know, just got fired, by the way. We'll yeah.
8: Here. I, I don't want Ron. I think. No, I don't know. want him here. Yeah. <laughs> he's done. Matt Eberflus, I think, and he's a cover two guy. And I think they need simple. They need simple right now. And they need to shift away from the Fangio scheme. And I think Matt's doing a really good job. They were bad in the first half of the season in Chicago defensively. And all of a sudden, the second half, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL because young players challenged Johnson, man. The Eagles should have tried to trade for that guy. Um, they, they are playing well. People weren't paying attention to them because they were so bad, but. They were and playing well down there. By the way,
7: their general manager, who you've taken a couple of shots at, John, made a hell of a trade at the trade deadline, getting Sweat. Yeah, people people go, yeah. why would you go get him? By the way, yeah, because shout, they're shout trying out. to build a better team, and he has added
9: a ton to I, their defense. I got to give a shout out to Montez Sweat. He's the first player in NFL history. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.
8: Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. Um yeah, I give credit where credit's due. Yeah, I you I, know, I, but part of the reason is, you know, Ryan Ryan Poles, you know, he's he's GM and for his job, so he's gotta get some players in. Um and that's but, the part, that's where Howie has an advantage but, over but, other but GMs. doesn't
9: Ryan Poles deserve some credit for trading that number one pick and getting the number one. Well, pick it depends what he does.
8: Yeah. I I mean, it depends. Now he's got to take another quarterback, right? And he's got Justin Fields. What are you going to do with Justin Fields? Is he going to be able to spin him off for anything? Um, I think the
9: Falcons have Falcons and a lot of teams that take Justin
8: Fields. I, I think a lot of teams will too. The question is, you know, are you getting a second round pick or can you talk somebody into a first round pick? Um, and you got to get this quarterback right. And I'm not as sold on Caleb Williams as everybody else. Yeah, near is. am I. Been...
9: I, I? I think you got to have that last conversation about him and where Drake may's better. Yeah,
7: yeah,
8: that we got uh,
7: months to decide that. Je- uh Jeff Kerr, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you very much for coming on today. We will get you on again next Monday. It might be the last in season. Might be Tuesday.
8: We, we got a Monday game. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, you, you, John, are we gonna are going to Seattle? Emergency?
9: Do you know yet, Jeff? Are you... Um, I will find out today, okay. but, uh, John's, if we go, are we going to be taking the emergency spirit flight back so we can get back in time for lacquer yeah. clean out?
8: I got to get the, uh, folding chair out and take the, uh, yeah. I always joke. It's like flying on a folding chair for two and a half <laughs> hours. It's probably the way it's going to go.
7: Always a pleasure. Uh, Jeff Kurt, thank you very much for jumping in.
9: It sounds great, thanks, guys. That's the
8: Jeff number Jeff. at
7: cbsports.com. All right, uh, late ad to the program. Our good friend Les Bowen said he would jump on. I didn't ask him until 20 minutes ago. Um, Brian Cameron from uh, Philly Sports Network was supposed to jump in with us today. Uh, do us all a favor subscribe. His daughter got sick last night. Had to rush her to the hospital. So, please, little thoughts and prayers for our buddy Brian Cameron. Uh, But Les Bowen said, "I'll hop in." Thank you, Les, for coming in off the bench last minute. Mackamack coming back with more birds. 365. Stay right here.
3: L.E.S. Eagles.
7: You got Mack and Mac here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald, uh, our bird, Les Bowen, uh, going to join us coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes from now. Um, Johnny Mac, I want to ask you a question about this Philadelphia Eagle defense. And we've... Taken some pretty good hard shots at the coaching of this defense, as well. We should. They decided to hire Sean Desai after Jonathan Gannon left. We can relitigate the whole was he tampered with? Was he 100% present for the Super Bowl? <laughs> Forget all that, okay? Just put that aside, yeah. please, for a minute. It's one we, of my favorites,
8: by the way, Jody. He wasn't trying to win the Super Bowl. <laughs>
7: I, I don't think even the biggest of haters can't say that, but they can hang their hat over. He was distracted. Mm-hmm. As you like to point out, uh, Shane Steichen had been much more involved talking about taking a new job than Jonathan Gannon had leading up to the Super Bowl. But nobody questioned Shane Steichen's ability to narrow focus on the game against Kansas City. Uh, just please put it all aside. Don't even, Don't even go there. They decided to hire Sean DeSai because Jonathan Gannon's no longer here. He didn't do a great job from day one, despite the fact that they were eight and one. And they're going, you know, our defense really should be better at this time. dawned on Sirianni then. And he eventually pulls the plug and goes to Matt Patricia. And I have no problem saying Matt Patricia has been an abject failure. Failure. No, no other way to describe it other than failure. The idea itself was a Failure. And the results have been a failure. So this defense was, has been, is a mess. But I don't want to lose track of the fact that this defense just isn't as good personnel-wise as it was last year.
8: Not even close. Yeah. That
7: the, the general manager uh, at all, he and his entire staff, the front office, the player procurers for the Philadelphia Eagles – made some decisions during this offseason, and they shortchanged the defense, plain and simple. We can talk about the overall legal evaluation of the importance of the linebacker position, and that that's certainly part of it. But they made decisions that just have not paid off this year, one of which was Nolan Smith. They once again, after drafting a defensive lineman with the ninth pick in the draft, decided to go right back into the defensive line with the 30th pick in the draft, and Nolan Smith is given them next to nothing. You want to give me rookie explanation, startup costs, all that stuff? Okay, fine. They should be lessened with a first-round draft pick. When you use a first-round pick on a player, there is an assumption that you're going to come in and contribute in year one. Maybe not be a star. Maybe not do Micah Parson things like he did down in Dallas. But a hell of a lot more than Nolan Smith has done. Then you get to the uh, linebacker. Uh, yeah, we don't even plug in anybody at linebacker. Let T.J. Edwards walk right out the door. Uh, foolishness. And then even safety. Now, I we, we'll never know how the negotiations went with C.J. G.J that he ended up signing a one-year deal with the Lions at a, a an above-average market value deal, but not outrageously above. And it was just a one-year kind of pillow-prove-it type deal. They decided to go with James Bradbury as their key retention player in the secondary rather than the CJGJ. They trade for Kevin Byard in season. Has Kevin Byard... I know he had the one interception against Kansas City. It was a bad pass. Mahomes just kind of threw it to him. It wasn't like he made some outrageous play for it. And I, hey, you and I sat here and said, "Nice job, Howie Roseman." Saw a need, addressed the need, went out and got an upgrade of a player. How much of an upgrade has he really been, John?
8: No, hasn't been nearly uh, what expected. And obviously, he was a two-time All-Pro, so. Um, and he didn't expect to get that, but I thought he had more left in the tank. Um, and he's just been just a guy. He hasn't, uh, been nearly as impactful as you would have hoped for. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, how he had a special season. I talked about career years. Well, how he may have had his career year as a GM in 2022. Um, everything he touched seemed to turn the goal for pretty much there are a few mistakes uh, as always, but this year hasn't been the same. Um, you know, and I'm not ready to give up on Nolan Smith. I'm not ready to give up on the Dean, but the Eagles, the Eagles hung their hat on certain things and, uh, they didn't come to fruition. Uh, even Reed Blankenship, who was good early in the season, kind of started leaking oil later in the season. Um, you know, maybe we all jumped the gun on Reed Blankenship as an undrafted guy because he was such a great story. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so it, but with what, what draft picks, especially, I'm 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 going to give a little bit more rope to those guys. I, I mean, especially Nolan was the 30th pick in the draft. So when you're top 10 like Jalen Carter, you you got to be impactful, and if you're not, it, it, all the teams now we know that first 18 teams in the draft, right? Those top 10 teams, they they want to find uh, an immediate contributor. Immediate contributor. A little bit different maybe in certain situations. But 10's the number after 10. If you're 11th picked in a draft, you
7: you, you can ask Carter. Well, no, pick. I
8: mean, it's not a hard Fast rule, but I mean, if you're it sounds high, like
7: you're defending the fact that the 30th pick in the draft, you got to cut some slack. But the 10th, well, is. the I'm third, just uh, it's trying just to determine re- where the cutoff is. Right, that it,
8: you it's can just, be uh, it's patient, just, but the others it's, can
7: ask for results. It's
8: realism. I mean, go look at the 30th, go look at the history of the 30th pick. I'll pull it up as we speak. I, I can tell you it's going to have a bunch, about a hell of a lot more misses than hits. Uh, And I didn't even know it offhand. So here we go. 30th picks. Nolan Smith. George Karloftis had a bad first year, turning into a player in the second year. So that's positive. Gregory Russo. George Karloftis did a hell of a lot more in his first year than Nolan Smith did. He did not play well. He did not play well as a rookie. Gregory Russo. Bills. Noah Nag. I can't even say his name of the Dolphins. I don't know what he's doing. DeAndre Baker spent more time in jail than he did on the field for the Giants. <laughs> Mike Hughes, who got injured. Uh, T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. There's a big hit in 2017. Might be Defensive Player of the Year again. Vernon Butler, Panthers. Really? Demarius Randall had a season or two with the Packers. A pretty he, good player. You worked past that TJ Watt pretty damn quickly. I just said the best player out. we player of the year. He could be again here. That's a big hit. I just said that. How am I going past it quickly? I'm running down the list: Vernon Butler, Demarius Randall, Jimmy Ward, Alec Ogletree, A.J. Jenkins, Muhammad Wilkerson was a really good player. 2011. You got to go back probably the second best to TJ jabod best Kenny Bridge, All right, Dustin quick Keller. quick
7: all right just quick stop and I know we were are looking at one season that's all we got is one season of Nolan so compare all of those guys to Nolan Smith and then we're we're gonna add next season and the season after season I I readily admit it's an unfair comparison because all those other guys have seasons of work for us to analyze Nolan Smith's not better than any of them There isn't one guy on that list where I say, all right, this guy, except maybe Baker, who you rightfully pointed out, spent more time fighting court cases and staying out of jail than actually being on the field. But all those guys, and I'm not saying Nolan Smith is bound for failure for the rest of his career. They did not. He did nothing. And if we go back and check the rookie year of all of those guys, I'm telling you, Nolan Smith is is right there with any of them. Is the worst that the, the you want to go back there I, I don't even know
8: what 10. Noah. The, I, I don't even know what Noah Igbandini did. I I don't know. But to bring up Carloptis is 119. So if you use PFF 119 edge rushers, he was 110 as a rookie. Terrible. I mean. Uh, and by the way, he's turning into, he's 69 he's not great, but he's turning into a, a pretty good pass rusher. Um, certainly on a team that knows how to rush the passer with Steve Spagnuolo and, and I'm not giving up on George Carl I think he's going to be a good player. I'm just saying sometimes it takes rookies on the back end in the first round to, it takes them some time. Um, and yeah. In top 10, and again, not hard and fast. There's plenty of 11 to 20s, but you you have more. The, as you go down in the draft, the hit rate, the, it decreases. I mean, that's just common sense. And if you screw up a top 10 pick, you got issues. Then you start talking about GMs losing jobs when you screw up top 10 picks because you shouldn't have as many misses up there. It's kind agree. of my point. I and uh, it, even the Kobe G with
7: every slot in the first round that you move down, the thirtieth pick in the draft is still really important. Is it as important as the tenth? No, of course not. It, it's not like a fourth rounder. It's a first round pick. The thirtieth pick is still a first round pick, and I got no problem saying Nolan Smith's year this year has been a lost year, and that that it's on Howie's record, and he's he's got a. Take uh, a hit for it because a first-round pick to get absolutely nothing out of, and that's what they got out. Of well, the I, I, I got, I,
8: I, I, you got TJ Watt in 2017. You got Muhammad Wilkerson in 2011, who was really good player for a short period. You know, the Jets guy. Yep. <laughs> um. Boy, then I got to go down to Reggie Wayne in 2001. Um. Um, Eric Allen in 1988. I mean, do that you was... think?
7: and I know it's a rotational position, but so and that was a second round pick make... back
8: then. That was so far back in 88, but, uh, kind of makes
7: everybody, uh, into a non-starter. But do you think Nolan Smith will get starter reps for the Philadelphia Eagles next year? Starter being over 50%. Of the snaps,
8: I don't. My biggest problem with Nolan Smith is um, his shoulder. I've said it pretty consistently. I think he's got a serious problem with that shoulder, and it seems to be a chronic problem. Um, and 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 then I get to the football stuff. Look, I think the Eagles got too enamored with Hassan Reddick's success and thought, oh, well, all get the thirty five pound. Uh, guys are going to be able to hold up like Hassan Reddick. And I just don't think that's the case. But uh, so there's a number of issues. Um, and I'm not saying by any stretch that he's played well, um, but he's also played out of position. They got him playing Mike Linebacker. I don't think they're doing him any favors either. you got him, we just talked about it with Jeff Kerr, they got him covering Saquon Barkley in space. You want to know something? Here's what I read into him playing the Mike Linebacker.
7: That's not good news. That's scary news. They're so afraid to put him in as just an edge pass rusher that they don't think he can do it. They think he's going to get dominated. They're just reaching for ways to get him on the field. So let it better to play him out of position than to play him in the position we think he's best suited well, to play. I, I think, we don't think he's good enough to play that position.
8: I think it had more to do with injuries. They just had no linebackers when they did it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's a positive sign. I'll say that. Uh, but I think it was more injury-related that they threw him out there because they had to. Um, and I don't think long-term you're going to see him at Mike Linebacker. Yeah, nor do I. But, uh, hey, hey,
7: hey, he better prove that he can play the edge in the NFL at some point as the 30th pick in the draft. All right, McMullen McDonald coming back. I see Les Bowen in our green room, control room, ready to hop aboard. He's waving. He's smiling. He's lying to himself to think the Eagles got a chance. God, Les ain't lying. No, 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 no. No, no. No, he's shaking his head. Let's take a quick timeout and let Les shake his head for us live here on Birds 365. Next.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you.
1: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
5: For the big story on Action News. Search
1: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
3: E-A-G-L-E-X, Eagles. and back, guys. Here on Birds
7: 365. We are joined by Les Bowen. Who John McMullen said, Les was texting him during the game, and just uh, pointing out the deficiencies of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Those were easy texts to send yesterday, That weren't they, Les?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> first of all, the coach tried to sort of half-ass the whole sitting the starters uh, versus trying to win thing. He, he went in, He Fletcher Cox sat just as a veteran day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Swift was a little bit sick, so he didn't play, uh, Devontae Smith, you know, uh, well, yeah, let's not play him because he's got an injury. Uh, Darius Slay. Well, we could have put him on IR if he was going to miss four weeks, but let's just have him miss four weeks anyway. I um, think
8: somebody realized they were playing in Met Life last and they're like, well, yeah, but then
2: they, they didn't really yeah. sit the key players. They, they sort of tiptoed in with this, you know, uh, the, the, the commanders probably aren't going to beat the Cowboys, but in case they do, maybe we should try to win this. And it, that's it. You can't play football like that. And it was the disaster, not just on the scoreboard, but they got the quarterbacks throwing hand hurt. They got they got A.J. Brown's knee injured and they got Sidney Brown's out for, you know, the rest. He'll be doing well to be back for next year's opener. I, and maybe Sidney Brown wouldn't have sat anyway if you because you can't sit everybody yeah, yeah. when you sit the regulars. But still, this was the worst possible way to do it. Would mm-hmm. you have been down more than twenty-four nothing in the second quarter if you had started Marcus Mariota? And uh, it would have been tough to beat out more. I, yeah. I, it's just they definitely half-assed. It's it, it's unbelievable that and it it's yet another. You know, log on the fire here for me. I, I, people that, uh, you know, think that this is all going to come together somehow now. And it's, I'm, there are times when I'm kind of glad that I'm retired. Most of the time, you know, I'm kind of like, gee, I'd like to be down there some days. I'd like to have some access. But, you know even though i don't really want to work hard but <laughs> this week when we're going to, have to listen to all this oh it's nothing nothing you wipe everything away it's a new season i have no stomach for this crap whatsoever this is like at, at this point the eagles are like the monty python parrot sketch you know <laughs> they're they're not pining for the fjords they're they're gone they're you know it's it's over <laughs> it's, it's well, the only reason oh, oh. I say
8: yeah, you know, I it, it has more to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than the Philadelphia. Yeah, Buccaneers. I I
2: understand.
8: Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean they played the worst team in football yesterday. I think they had 113 passing yards. They won nine nothing. All right, they won the game, so they did that part of it. Um, but I think Carolina had two, and I haven't watched the game, but they had two touchdowns called back. They missed a couple. I, they, they, the Bucks aren't good. So no. by no means no, am I the saying Giants the Giants aren't good. good. The
2: Cardinals aren't no. good. No, yeah. yes.
8: <laughs> and can the Eagles lose to the Bucs? Of course. But they can beat them as well because, and that's where I said, you just mentioned some of the names. Fletcher Cox had a Veterans Day out of nowhere. And I agree yeah. with he. The Eagles handled that very poorly. But he's going to play. And Slay's going to play. And uh AJ's going to play. He's going to be back. And Devontae should be back, and DeAndre's going to be back, DeAndre Swift. Um, so, to me, they're probably going to out talent the Bucks and find a way to win that game. And then they're going to be a road apple for San Francisco. That's where I am with this particular
2: team. I'll be shocked if they get to that. I really will. At this point, the defense isn't functional.
8: And I agree they can't
2: there. Stop anything. And I
8: can't even, unless I say it all the time. As many problems as there are on the offense, I have a tough time getting to the offense because I can't get past yeah. the defense.
2: And it's not that they don't have any talent there. It, this is the worst defensive performance I've ever seen. Uh, going back, you know, the Chip Kelly years or whatever you want to bring up. Uh, it's, Bill Davis
8: would be a welcome addition.
2: Yes. Um, the, the, the Replacing Sean Desai with Matt Patricia is – that alone should get a coach fired. I, It's just ridiculous what they're trying to do, what they look like trying to do it. Uh, I've never that, seen That, game. to me, is the best.
8: If you want Nick Sirianni fired, to me, that's got to be the lead bullet point. Changing defensive coordinators, because they can praise it any way they want. A- after 13 games... One or the other, if you know early, all right, this guy just doesn't have it. Right. The trigger early, and, and maybe where you can make an actual difference. To do it after 13 games. And again, people would say, Les, it can't be any worse. Oh, yeah, Ken, you're seeing it in living color. It's gotten much worse with Matt Patricia versus Sean Desai. No communication. Now the veterans don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It used to be just the young players. Now it's the veterans. Yeah. I mean, it's an abject disaster. There's no way to defend it. Les, let me, uh, uh, for for
7: conversational purposes, and I know the question Mm -hmm. is probably unfair to begin with, because Eagles defense is the defense as a whole, and it's – 25 guys. It's not just one individual. But I'm I'm just going to pick up one for the sake of conversation. We all acknowledge the Eagles' two defensive coordinators this year have stunk. Sean Desai and the Matt Patricia, the whole change, and uh, could it get worse? Yeah, all that in in, in in the pile together. James Bradbury has had a lousy year, an awful year, yeah. They paid him good money this offseason to retain his services, and his drop-off has been precipitous. Yep. How much of that are we putting on Sean Desai, on Matt Patricia, on his position coach, ah. on James himself, on the decision to keep James? He's a defensive guy I pickup for a very uh, particular reason. Mm-hmm. They could let him walk. He could have left. Yeah. They let a bunch of guys walk this off season. One they chose not to let walk was James Bradbury and his play has deteriorated before our very eyes. Is that on the DC? Is that on the decision to keep him? Is it on James himself? How do you explain the season James Bradbury had?
2: That's a tough one, Jody. I I have to acknowledge that I would have resigned him. You know, I thought he played very very well. He's a smart guy. He. He really knows the game, which is makes this kind of puzzling in some respects. I do think there are times when they've asked him to do things that he's not good at. You know, uh, I think he'd be still pretty good in like a cover two type role. What, what do you think, John? I, you know, I think he's. Yeah,
8: I've always thought he's big and big physical.
2: Big. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't have speed and quickness anymore. Uh, but I, I, you can guys like that are functional in the right system, like Rasul Douglas. You know. You you just have to put them in the as Nick keeps saying week after week, the right positions to be successful. And I don't think they have done that. But there's a with Bradbury, there's there's the one thing that would have stuck in the back of my mind, even if I had wanted to resign him last offseason, which I did, he has kind of a history in his career of having a good year and a bad year. And it wouldn't shock me if he went you know, if they got rid of him somehow and he went somewhere else and played really well i i don't <laughs> understand exactly it. what do fans want to hear that's Thank kind of man, why man. he was available you know i mean <laughs> it's kind of like he has a good year and then he has a year where you're like Ehh. and then he comes back and plays i don't understand it i don't know why but that has been a little bit of his career pattern he hasn't been great everywhere he's been uh i i don't think he's the focal point of this for me i playing without slay for him is very, very hard. I don't think he would have done well last year playing without slay. He didn't have to, Um, you know, I, I just think with no pass rush, this scheme is dead in the water and they have no pass rush. Yeah. Um, Scheme, by the way,
8: I think is a problem. I've been, I, I think you see it all the time, Les, you know, When Tony Dungy took the league by storm, everybody copied him. Um, Then everybody caught up to the defense. When Pete Carroll uh, and and Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn uh, uh, did everything they did, people copied him, and then people caught up to him. Now I think everybody's caught up to the big Bangio scheme, and I think the Eagles, who pride themselves of being ahead of the curve typically, are behind the curve and they haven't figured this out i truly truly think they got to scrap the entire scheme but that's off-season stuff yeah um in season i think they have to simplify but we're at week 18 what can you
2: do at this point can't do anything defensively i don't know i i would I would seriously just give it back to Desai this week and see what happens. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but yeah. Well, I, it,
8: it would have sounded ridiculous to give it to Matt Patricia. So why yeah. not?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, offensively, I, just get. can you please just give the quarterback a hot read on a blitz? Because that's what's going to happen Monday night in Tampa. They're going to blitz every down because the Eagles <clears throat> are horrible. When yeah, faced yeah. with the blitz, they don't give the quarterback, they don't block it. They they don't max protect ever. They might keep a running back in. By the way, those Rashad P- Penny people that were so. Yeah. Maybe you saw you know, it
8: with that pass protection. Yeah. People. Yeah. He, he <laughs> can't, you know, he
2: can't pick up a blitz. He can't <laughs> play here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just how it is. That's always the way it's been for running backs here. When Deuce Staley was a running backs coach, you know, you know, if you can't pick up a blitz, you don't belong on the field, but it you, you have to give the quarterback some kind of answer and all right can i can i interject smart people you know keep doing this week after week after week I, now here's I know, where do you understand it john do you understand
8: it well here's where i'll say maybe we're pointing in the wrong direction and i'll say this because go watch indie tape with philip rivers there were plenty of hot routes with Phillip Plenty. Mm-hmm. plenty, plenty. He excelled at it. He was yeah. one of the best in the business at it. Maybe the
2: quarterback can't do it. But if you're running four verticals, which they were yesterday, I don't know what he's supposed to do. I, there's, <laughs> I don't see them giving him hot routes. I don't see the possibility. No, they don't.
8: And that's what I'm saying. They did it for Phillip, and they're not doing it for Jalen Hurts. So, my you, question is You're saying
2: is, that Jalen, you can't tell Jalen if they blitz, okay, we're going to send Goddard on a slant over here, look for Goddard. You, you're well, saying no, that, I'm
8: saying you can certainly tell him to do it. I'm saying if he doesn't feel comfortable doing it, if he doesn't want to do it, like I, I would talk to, to uh, Paul Domowicz, your buddy and mine all the time about Jalen Hurts is just not going to throw the ball to running backs. He's not a dump off guy. By the time he gets to the third or fourth, he wants to run anyway. So you're never going to have that running back. That's going to have 60 catches because you're dumping the ball off. Certain quarterbacks like to do certain things. Phillip Rivers wasn't mobile at all. Right? So he understood he had to get the football out of his hands. And he said, you know, he excelled as I said you know if you're going to blitz me i'm going to throw it right behind your ear hot route looks good bang i'm saying jalen hurts likes to do different things and they built this offense around jalen hurts and he's not particularly comfortable with hot routes and john, traditional let, let, let me here.
7: interject and ask you a question john if he's not comfortable throwing to the ball to the backs out of the backfield and he's not comfortable at throwing hot routes what is he that good at it that he merits a $250 million contract? And well, can't just say, oh, this just dawned on him. This, Sirianni's coached him two years now before they gave him the contract. Not one, two. One startup year, and then the phenomenal year they had last year. Going into this offseason, do you think that they didn't think he could throw the ball out of the backfield and or pick out a hot route?
8: There, there are yes. I think they and how the hell they give him two hundred fifty million dollars. Well, I, how about look at the third and twenty played AJ Brown. How many quarterbacks can make that play? How many quarterbacks can make? There's way. There's tons more stuff that are more important than dumping the football off to a running back. He's able to do stuff off platform, off schedule. He's able to pick up the team. Alt he absolutely is. He's a, he's a
2: very good quarterback, and he hasn't yeah. even been that bad this year. He's, no, been, I he's agree. probably the fourth best quarterback in the NFC this year. You know, that's not but I think
8: he's still top ten, but probably near 10 max or 11 protect.
2: Numbers. Max protect if you're not gonna give him something easy. Because well, first of all, Phillip Rivers was what about six five or so, right? Yeah. But yeah. you know, Jalen isn't. So when there are rushers in his face. I just don't see what it, it seems illogical to me to expect him to create something out of this, or you know, find somebody downfield. I, I, what they're doing clearly isn't working. They have to find another way to handle the blitz. Uh, well, I, I
8: I think you're definitely right. I I I wish there had been more evolution to this offense. Um, and I thought they didn't they do anything
2: in the offseason last year to they thought they had the greatest thing going and they'll just roll it out there this year and score 40 points a game that that, I'm convinced of that. I mean, they,
8: they, yeah, they were out-talenting people and they thought, you know, we're just going to out-talent people and other teams made adjustments and they spent the off season trying to stop what the Eagles are doing. They made some good adjustments and the Eagles haven't adjusted back. I think all of that is true. Um but I think you know, for people that saying Shane Steichen, it was the same offense with Shane Steichen. I mean, they were just more successful because some people, of the calls might not
2: have been as predictable. No,
8: he had a better feel. He had a better. Shane had a great feel for the callbacks and setting people up. And I think you know that comes with experience. Maybe that's what I talked about with Sean Desai. Young coaches have to grow into these yeah. positions and. Yeah, but Shane Steichen
7: only had, he didn't even have a full season under his belt going into last year. Where'd he get that experience?
8: Well, uh, it, it, you know, he took over in the chargers game in that first season. So you're talking, you know, if you give Brian Johnson a year and a half, people want him fired. Maybe, maybe he's there a year and a half. Steichen was already good
7: after a half. Steichen hit the ground running last year in, in what was less than a full year's time. So Brian Johnson, I'm not going a year and a half. I'm going day one. He better be ready to be more impressive. Game I, one. I, next but that's year.
8: where I think, you know, and I get it because it's people are recency biased. You we've just seen five and six losses. The Eagles for the first half of this season for the 10 and one start, they're the top five offense in everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. I mean, so he was pretty good early and he's struggling late. Or at least if you want to blame, I think it's Nick's offense. If I if you want to blame somebody, I think you should blame Nick Sirianni. But yeah. that's me.
2: Yeah.
8: Um I do too. Yeah. But they were top five, but they were a top five offense. Bro.
2: Well, they were top, they weren't inefficiency, they really weren't. In fact, they had terrible red zone numbers there. Yeah, Remember well, they, they did that.
8: early, but then it yeah. was getting better. Uh but yeah. they had great third down numbers. They still have great third down numbers. They yeah. had great fourth down numbers, obviously um because of the tush push um they're they were top five in yards per game top five in points per game um again early in the season with the 10-1 start Jalen Hurts was the was the leader on the betting markets for MVP people forget that I get like I said I get why because that we we got to go back to 1986 and Jody's Jets to see this kind of collapse for a 10-1 team um So it's been a long time and I get it. Let me
2: ask you guys this is something I was thinking about this morning. It is such an abrupt and incredible turnaround. And there was some luck involved, and some opposing players dropped passes and so forth to get them to 10 and one. But nonetheless, those searing losses to the 49ers and the Cowboys, those blowout losses, do you think they changed the whole team? Do you think they the analogy I've used is the cartoon character running off the edge of the cliff and doesn't realize that he's, you know, running in midair. And then he looks down. The cliff, yeah. Wildy e. Coyote. Uh, do you think something happened there where the, after those two games did they like, geez, we're not that good. You know, maybe we were just lucky, you know, was there a change in the. In
8: yeah, the, like, I think so. I think outlook. they were, I think, you know, I think they were, they were a trim. There was a lot of hubris in this organization. They thought they were the cat's meow, so to speak. And then they got put in their place, and I think it rattled them. And I, that, you know, that's part of the Sean DeSai thing. Less they started thinking about making a change at defensive coordinator when they were eight and one. Who does that? Nobody, no.
7: And the thing we we haven't talked, at least my opinion, enough about is. Before they told him to go up to the press box, they pulled third down responsibilities from him. You started this conversation, Les, by saying the Eagles kind of tried to find a compromise position by yeah. sitting some guys and not playing other. I'm a compromise guy. I believe there's a lot of gray areas in life and that you would be well advised to find a good gray area rather than going to the radical left or the radical right. But sometimes you got to make a call. You can't find a spot in the middle. And pulling third down defensive responsibilities yeah. from a coordinator and sharing the responsibility, that's just dumb. Yeah, I, yeah. Scared, worried, not up to no, – no, dumb. D-U-M-B, dumb. And that's what the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles
8: did this year. Yeah. yeah. Les, are the Eagles too collaborative? You know Jeffrey Lurie. What? What I, – what, I, I mean – Jody just brought it up with the third downs so if you go back to the end of, of Doug Peterson you remember Doug handed off play calling nobody knew it. he gave Rick Scangarella, uh, Skangarella um I think it was I get it mixed up he gave me either red Zone and press Taylor had hurry up or vice yeah. versa um and, and he, he's handing off third downs it's Jeffrey it sounds good collaboration, but somebody's got to be in charge.
2: Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, John. That's a very good, I, I you might be onto something there. Um, the one criticism I've had of Jeffrey is he, he sees things he likes on other teams and decides this is what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, um, And that, that was very early in his, ownership tenure that was his uh you know he was all about bill walsh you know and and uh in the west coast offense and uh i i don't know i mean i i jeffrey this year is a mystery to me he hasn't said anything um oh he's very he rarely Ill. does but no he's very you know, I, I you know I, sal I was do.
8: there sal palantonio and he saw jeffrey coming in to the locker room and he asked me, "Is that normal?" It's it's yeah. very normal. He's yeah. Always, he goes
2: in the locker room. Yeah, but it's to pat guys on the back. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. Uh, he doesn't give any. Jeffrey's not standing there in the middle of the floor. You know. No, he's not. Jerry Jones it.
8: he's not doing press conferences after right. every game.
2: Um, but uh, you know, one of my most vivid memories of my time covering the Eagles is that game in Detroit Thanksgiving Chip Kelly year 2015. They got blown out by a horrible Lions team in Detroit. And several of us tried to find Jeffrey Lurie after that game. And he made a certain that we did not lay eyes on him. (laughs) You know, I mean, you just couldn't get any because we all felt like this is a game that gets coaches fired. And it turned out, yeah, that was pretty much the the trigger. But you just couldn't find Jeffrey Lurie to save your life. Well, I think
8: that's why people were looking at it and he walked in front of all of us, um, made himself very visible. Um, Obviously, he was not going to talk, but people are starting to, the groundswell is coming should Nick Sirianni be fired. Now, you and I were going, I think he's done enough to get another season. Uh, even if he loses in Tampa Bay, but I'm a, am a continuity guy. Like I mm-hmm. I was look at Pittsburgh. They've had three coaches since nineteen thinking sixty eight. True. I think they do it the right way. And yeah. by the way, all three have won Super Bowls. Um, I think they do it the right way. That's I a think- very good
2: point. For me, arguing the opposite way, I would say, how does what he's done so far? inform the future what what is the plan going forward what do we see in his response to this situation that makes us confident he somehow knows how to get this back on track uh i see nothing i see yet another you know yesterday with that half ass sit some guys don't sit some guys that was a disaster firing the defensive coordinator was a disaster uh, I, I just, I, it, I would not just fire him, fire him. I would, if I were Jeffrey Lurie, I'd want to sit down with him, which I'm sure he's done to some extent, but I would have a seasoned in sit down and really get, you know, what I've said over and over is I would get, what is your plan? What do you think we need here? What's, what's going on? And if those answers are good answers, then sure. Don't fire him. But if he's as clueless as he seems, you another year of this isn't going to be better. <laughs> All right, Les. Here's the last question
7: I have for you today, and it's about Nick Sirianni, but it's about everybody else in that locker room too. Um, Sirianni had his post game press conference yesterday. The reporters were in there. They tried to put a spin on it. Brandon Graham, Mister Positivity. I like the fact Not that Fletcher helpful, Cox. Yeah. Uh, at least try to be a little bit realistic, but as of right now, they got to get ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the way they're playing, knowing Tampa's a beatable foe, but can they beat anybody on the planet right now? They got to come up with a game plan and a mindset to be able to win this game this week. And to be truthful, I think they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks out of that pile of what you're throwing at the wall. What's going to work the best if you were like they, they they, brought Les Bowen in to give either a technical or an emotional uplifting speech to the locker room? What would you emphasize? What would be the thing you try and hang your hat on?
2: Well, I guess you have to go back to all that. You know, it really is nothing, nothing. A lot of teams. Uh, there are a lot of 11 win teams that haven't played great. You know. Uh, it's it's not. The, the, the finish isn't going to define how things go next Monday night. It's going to be what you put on the field Monday night. Um, I would, I'm you know, I'm not a run the ball guy because that's an answer from 1980. But if you hurt if you screwed up the quarterback's throwing hand yesterday, which it certainly looks like you did and you hurt AJ Brown's knee, maybe this is a good week to really lean on that, uh, Maybe you really lean on that run game. Keep the defense off the field because it can't play. And see if you can somehow get through this with a win.
4: Yeah.
2: I, but I don't have a lot for you, frankly. No. I, I don't. But, there, there by way,
0: a lot that there was – uh,
8: They had a huge uh, rushing game against Tampa when they were yeah, down they early yeah. in the season. So, um Yeah. Maybe that's back when people
2: thought you couldn't run against Tampa. That exactly. was one of the
8: teams going in, you know. Yeah. Uh yeah. Bita Bay and all that. Yeah, I remember talking about it. now. Beta wasn't healthy. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know what's going on with Tampa Bay right now. I gotta delve into it, but uh yeah, I mean that might have been the most impressive Eagles game of the season looking back. They completely died. Miami. Yeah. I thought the Miami win was so, a heck of a win. Of yeah,
2: course, yeah, I thought yeah. Miami at that point Miami looked like one of the top couple teams in yeah. the yeah. Mammy's kind of about where the eagles are without the spectacular uh you know <laughs> uh swoon at the end which by the way you John you mentioned the Vic Fangio system and Everybody says it was such a shame that they didn't get to hire Vic Fangio. Vic gave
8: up 56 to stick in Baltimore. Now, yeah, Baltimore's a great team,
2: but if you this, give up 56. Is Miami's defense blowing it out right <laughs> no. now? I, I haven't seen yeah, it. They, they 56 get is 56.
8: Done. I don't care if you're no. giving up to the Rams' greatest show on turf. That ain't good. Late uh, against
7: Josh Allen last night either. Fangio's defense couldn't get a big stop. Uh, Les Bowen, thank you very much for jumping in. On late notice, no less. We appreciate right. that even more. Les, thank you very much. We'll, thank we'll, you, Les. We'll get you on uh, soon enough again. Thanks, bud. Thank you,
2: guys. You know, retired people, we're just sitting around. You got downtime.
7: Yeah, you fill We'll pick up
2: some dog poop. I don't know. You know. There we go. I got to do go. that same and, thing. And Let's, then
7: throw it at the wall and see what yeah. sticks for the Philadelphia yes. Eagles. Uh, Les, thank you very much. All, All right. right we got to take uh, our final time out here, come back. I do want to address one of the streamers who made a point or attempted to make a point. Uh, and uh, I do want to talk about it. It gets the heart of what John and I do here every day, or at least I, from my standpoint, it does. I want to speak from John, but uh, do want to address one of the points we made here on Birds 365. We'll use that to put a bow on the show.
5: A professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutton Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable.
6: Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently.
4: Go first!
3: G.L.E.S. Eagles.
7: You got Mac and Mac here on Bridge 365. We thank Les Bowen and Jeff Kerr for helping out with us. Uh, John, if you'd allow me just a minute here, I want to explain something to one particular streamer, but all of our streamers. Um, you and I were having a debate about Nolan Smith and how much evaluation you can put on the 30th pick in the draft as compared to 10th pick in the draft and like, and Steve Thomas was the name, checked in and said, stop. This is a 2020 hindsight conversation. Everybody loved Nolan Smith being picked at number 30. I'm not sure that's right, but we'll, we'll assume that it was. Everybody loved it. I liked it. I thought it was a good pick a little surprised they went right back into the D-line again, but I thought he was actually value at 30. So I'm just giving you my evaluation of the pick at the time. It's a 2020 hindsight evaluation. Yeah, that's the world in which we live. Guess what? You're judged by what you do. It doesn't matter that if every single – Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, um, would have been, uh, I guess, Desai hired by that point. Uh, Nick Sirianni, everybody around the Philadelphia Eagles, the two hosts of uh, Birds 365, the entire staff of WIP, all the streamers to Birds 365, all love the pick. If the guy can't play, you can't just continue to say, well, that's 2020 hindsight. Yes, that's what we judge in hindsight. The player performs or he doesn't perform, and then you reevaluate and you make decisions based on that. Not on what everybody thought at a given moment when a player is acquired. That's just dumb. I had an argument with one of my partners years ago. A guy by the name of Sid Rosenberg, one of my favorite people on the.
8: Planet. I know Sid.
4: Yeah. one of the most
7: hard-headed people on uh, on God's green earth. And Sid said, as we're doing a show, I think it was about Steve Phillips was the Jet general, met general manager. Well, I can't criticize that pick because I agreed with it. No, that's your job to criticize the pick. If if you have enough evidence in and the guy is not good enough and or is a bust, you have to acknowledge that. Even if you agreed with the move at the time, you have to say, hey, I can oh, only yeah. be so critical of Steve Phillips because I – but you can't not criticize him. You can't say the words, I can't criticize him because I agreed with it. No, 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 no. You evaluate the performance. It doesn't matter. 2020 hindsight is not a defense. It never has been, it never will be. That's what life is, 2020 hindsight. You can always see things differently in the rear view mirror. I,
8: I think it I I it's always been pretty easy for me. It's uh and and Brian Johnson said he's not the first one, but process driven profession, uh, but we're judged on results.
7: Absolutely. Um
8: I, I thought Ryan Leaf was going to be better than Peyton Manning. Exactly. I I'd like the pay. I, I got it wrong. So <laughs> Guess you what? Just keep I got
7: Ryan Leaf out there for no. 10 years ago. Damn. I thought I was really sure about that. Andre. I didn't
8: have information that it was a train wreck from a mental health perspective. I was just looking at his, you know, traits and, and things like that. Um, but I got it wrong. End of the day, you get it wrong. It's easy. I think I agree with, with what, The streamer said, I thought at the time, I thought Nolan Smith was tremendous value at 30. But if he doesn't perform, uh, I'm not going to say he was a great pick. I thought at the moment, he was tremendous value at 30. Right now, he hasn't had a good rookie year. And yeah, ultimately, I'm not ready to give up on him. But ultimately, if he continues to play like this, yeah, I will... Proclaim him a, a failed draft pick. I mean, that's just the way it works, right? That is just the way it works. And that's why guys get hired and fired. Nobody's asking um, about, you know, you made the right decision. Yeah. Sometimes you make the right decision, and get the wrong get result. The
7: result. It happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll continue to do this show and any other show I do. Evaluating performance rather than past evaluation of whether a deal was or wasn't good at the time it was made, a decision was made. No, it is a results driven world in which we live. So Steve, sorry about that. I, I dismiss your, it's a 2020 hindsight thing. Yeah. Life is a 2020 hindsight thing. All right. Uh, we're out of time. Went over time. Thank you to Bill Colomulo for being patient. He's coming up next with the power hour, Johnny Mac, you and me back in 22, you in? Uh, yeah, let's do it. We'll talk more about the Bucks tomorrow here on Birds 365.
3: You've been listening to Birds
4: 365,
3: <laughs> the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're